You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. everybody hello world hello fans of godzilla oh you weren't talking to me in any of that i don't think I didn't <laughs> oh say no that. i'm a fan of godzilla you part, you're the also part of the whole world right so. i am true that's true i mean not when i'm in traffic because then traffic is traffic and i am me and so therefore i'm not part of the world i am separate and superior true also when i'm in the store and there's everyone else i'm not part of humanity i am me and they are them Again, I am superior. True. I mean, these are just things. <laughs> Before the after the show discussion, earlier we discussed this movie, which we're saving the best for this discussion. And what else? Um, we Not watched a, a bit of the H3 podcast. Yeah. They were talking about, what were we talking about? About Dieting. him him wanting to lose weight, but then still eating bad food and her saying things to him about it and whether or not that made her look bad. Yeah. So, those were the things we were doing. And uh, now, we're going to, on Saturday, August the 31st, the last day of August. Goodbye, August, my (laughs) old friend. Goodbye, August, my old friend. After the show, 597, we're a movie review podcast. We're going to review a movie. And we're going to review the movie this week, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Go, go, Godzilla. It's a 2019 release. And it is rated PG-13. It's out on Blu-ray on the 27th of August, so you can pick this one up now. It's on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD from our friends at Warner Brothers, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, you'll give us your synopsis, and then I will give you the one off the back of the box. My synopsis of Godzilla movie. Are you serious? Yes. Godzilla. It's a big giant monster. And there's some people... You want to kill it or not kill it, and there's some other monsters that it has to fight. All right, and I'll give you the one off the back of the box. It's pretty short, actually, which they're usually really long, aren't they, like an essay. This one (laughs) says, When ancient god-sized monsters rise again, the cryptozoological agency, is that a real thing? Faces Monarch, faces Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah, as they all vie for supremacy. That's it. That's the box. <laughs> That's um, what it says. All right, so this is the third in Warner Brothers, um, I think they call it the Monsterverse series of movies. The first one being Godzilla, second one being Kong Skull Island, and the third one being Godzilla Kong, King of the Monsters. I think you need to be more clear because wasn't Matthew Roderick's just called Godzilla? It was, but that's not part of this. I understand, but what you're, what I'm saying is, if you just say Godzilla, probably should say the year. Yes. So 2014 Godzilla movie versus right. the 1996 or whenever that one was. And we have reviewed all of these movies, if you want to go back and listen to after the shows where we reviewed them all. Um, so we're here on our third one. We um, 
I will, I will speak for myself because I can't remember what you thought, but I kind of disliked the first one. Reason being, it was kind of dark and there wasn't much Godzilla. Dark as in theme-wise or just look dark, dark as in the way it looked. Okay. They tried to hide the CG um, behind a lot of darkness. And the second one, Kong Skull Island, I really enjoyed. It was a lot of fun for me. And it was a ma- it was the biggest Kong I'd ever seen. It makes the Peter Jackson's Kong look very small. So I really like that. And uh, what were your view on the other two? Um, I don't fully well, you remember. You could go back and listen, I guess. Yeah, I don't fully remember. Um, I don't think I... I like the size of Godzilla. But I don't think I like the tone or what they're doing with the story. I think it... It's not very, none of it's very well written. But then I haven't written my own Godzilla movie, so there you go. Exactly. King you, Kong was fine, but say? Kong's my favorite of the big beasts. So I'll watch any Kong movie that you throw at me, whether it's good or bad, just like zombies. Zombies and Kong, I like them. Yeah, and I, I'm a real big fan of that Matthew Broderick, Roland Emmerich directed Godzilla. I really like that one. I've watched it numerous times. One of the first DVDs I ever bought, and I ended up just sticking it in over and over and over and over. I mean, liking it doesn't make it good. No, I'm not saying it. Um, yeah. It's got that Independence Day kind of, you're really rooting. In fact, they make Godzilla look like really powerful in that one. More powerful than he, you know, that he has been in any uh, of I remember that one. It was a she. That's true. A god Shiller. No, still the Godzilla. Godzilla. It was still Godzilla. Godzilla. Doesn't have to be sexist. It's still Godzilla. Anyway, this Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, that we watched today, really the sequel, like Kong Skull Islands, like happens, but this is really the sequel to the first movie because some of the characters from the first movie are in this one. But there again, you wouldn't have had to seen any of it for this to make sense, right? I mean, I'll be honest, I forgot that they were all connected, so I, I didn't notice anyone was the same at all. Well, Vera. I don't remember her from the first one. Um, there's a few characters in this that are from that one. Oh, the two Japanese characters are both from the first movie. Yeah, I don't remember it. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's not a... <laughs> remember. What did we watch last week? What? Is this a quiz? Yeah. Oh, I'm saying I'm just <laughs> testing your memory on movies. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair at all. You, you don't remember though, right? I don't remember. <laughs> but not remembering what we saw and not remembering mm. the movie are two very different It was the things. hustle. Right. And I didn't like it. And I can tell you all about it, except for a lot of the big parts that were just really dumb and went from one, from my eyeballs out, out into the ether of my brain where I don't care anymore. I'll know I can picture as who's in it. And that I didn't like it. And that's it. All right, you, so you couldn't quiz me on the details and that was last week. So getting on to Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, I have a, almost the same reaction to this as I did the first one. Again, it is very dark, not tonally, visually, right? Yeah. There's hardly um Kong Skull Island, why I really liked it was most of the fights with Kong and everything took place right during the daytime with the sun blazing down. You saw everything. In this one, they do that moody darkness. Everybody's in the dark. Sometimes I was like, we're on this ship. Uh, not a ship, a, a plane. It's like a stealth bomber. 
why is nobody turned the lights on inside? Why are we all sat in the gloom? <laughs> We're all sat in the dark with like tiny little LEDs. The screens all look cool. Yeah. So I'll give them that. Yeah, but I mean, when you look around, you're like, you, if you wanted to go to the toilet, you wouldn't be able to find the door. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. You'd like turn the light on your phone like we do at night in the bedroom to yeah. be able to see around the edge of the bed. So exactly. I don't have my toe. So there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are dark and dark. We actually turn the brightness up on the Blu-ray. Board. What did I say? After when it was time to pee the first time, we like to take a break and pee. I was like, this is so fucking dark. I seriously couldn't. I can see. I have fair, fair. My eyes are fine for light, right? I guess I wear reading glasses, but. Um, and I was like, I was squinting. I was seriously squinting. And then it made me miserable. And then I didn't give a shit. And uh, uh, half an hour in, I was just like, Fuck, I can't see any of this shit. And I don't understand why. Because it was clear that the modeling and the CGI all had. It wasn't like bad or blurry or anything it was just dark and i said to you is the bulb in the thing going off we have a projector you're like no so you turned it up a couple notches and that did help considerably but you could tell that that it was supposed to be dark which is well i don't even know if it's supposed to be i think that the people who made this and if we'll get into my opinion of the thing overall well remember that they weren't they're there's something wrong with some whole entire groups of creative people doing this shit when they sit there and look at it and it's fine. What are they looking at it on? What are they watching it on? What are they editing it on? And then do they sit and watch a finished version of it? Well, we, we can stem it back to that episode of Game of Thrones that oh my God. 90% of the audience complained it was too dark. And then the director said, no, it's fine. Now, he believed it was fine, yeah. Yeah, why had 90% of people on... nine on Everybody's got a different display and a different player and all that, but they're all saying it's dark. Yeah, it wasn't like everyone dark. watching it on a Sony TV <laughs> right. or everyone watching it on their laptop. It was like everyone. And this... It, and it's, it's not same. just that it's dark and it's kind of like, oh, it's dark. It is literally completely sucked my motivation for even paying attention to the movie. And I'm not exaggerating. I was just, like, over it. It was obvious. It was almost like a choice. Oh, it was a choice. I had to confirm with you that it wasn't our projector. When you turned it up, I could see there were some areas where, because we cranked it up a little, there were some blowouts, so it was obvious. It completely... And I don't give a shit. I could sit right in front of the person, face-to-face, who says it was a creative choice and rip down every possible artistic reason... They could give, except for the one most important one is that they're up their own ass. I also, this whole movie has such a, it's all about us theme to me. Whoever made it, it was ugh, not a fun movie for me. Now, I had some fun with this movie, I have to say. Um, there was some, yes, it is dark. Yes, that is a choice that they made. And like you say, is it to hide bad CG or is it just to give it an atmosphere of gloom? Whatever it is, if you can't yeah, see it Yeah, because I don't think they were hiding the technical stuff because when it, it did... Cool. Yeah, there it were doesn't. lots of sharp edges, lots of good, really good textures. If you, got, if you gave them half a second with a little bit of light on it. Um, so I think they did their CGI people a great disservice, whoever decided to color grade this movie. And I feel... This was also done on the 1990, no, sorry, 
2000 and what was it? 2014. 2014's Godzilla. The complaint we had about it was it was too dark. So whoever did that grading probably did this one too. And yeah, that's but how you don't know ones. that. But well, I, it felt like they were trying to keep them in line with each other, so they were they stylistically were the same. Hmm. Um, but that's least of the problem I had with the movie, and I did enjoy some of it. But the problem for me was, and I said to you. Every time a human is on the screen, <laughs> it ruins it for me. So I I was playing around in my mind of a Godzilla movie that doesn't feature any humans. Like, humans are extinct and the monsters rule the Earth. And I, I was thinking... Now, in your movie, do we see... Um, do we have creatures walking through areas where we see, like, the top of the Empire State Building toppled over and stuff like that? So we're like, oh, shit, this is Earth. They've right. killed us all. And now they're in charge, like so that I, kind of vibe. Yeah, so I was playing with that in my mind, and I was like, well, Hollywood won't go for that because they have to have stars in it. <laughs> and you can't sell the movie when you can't put Tom Cruise's face or whoever on the cover. So, like, it, it'd be hard to just sell, oh, it's Godzilla, and who's in it? Nobody. Just CG characters, like, nobody. So it, it probably wouldn't get done, but I feel every time in this movie a, a human appears... I'm bored of the humans. The humans in this movie are... They, they're always telling you the plot. They're not telling each other the plot. They're telling you. They're trying to explain things to the audience all the time. Um, and sometimes, you know, they come they come up with things out of midair. Like, you'll, they'll be talking, they'll be talking, and then some guy gets on the phone and says, oh, yeah, we've made this bomb that sucks all the oxygen out of the air. Like... <laughs> We like oh okay uh, and guess what we've actually already sent it it's coming and you're probably gonna you know it'll probably it'll probably go off in a few minutes and it's like there's no like build up to that it's just like hey we've got this thing here it is we all know what that is that is when <laughs> writers are writing and they're not writing to write a good story they're writing to make a spectacle and so they say oh we've got this going on how do we resolve this fight. In 30 seconds, so we can move on to the next beat. Right. And you know, everything comes shit. out of nowhere in this Yeah, movie. and then it's like, oh, what can we do? What can we do? Well, I believe that Walter, which is not his name in the movie, Walter, you know, from... Brian Cranston. Yes. I think that was in that other one. I'm pretty sure that was his weapon that he developed or something. Right, but in this movie, say you hadn't seen that one. It's, a, oh, it, yeah, it's just, literally a guy on the telephone going, hey, hey, everybody, there's a thing coming. It sucks all the oxygen. Yeah, this will move us to the next scene, is all also, I feel. Also, there's a scene where um, the character Ishiro gets in a submarine and goes inside Godzilla's lair. And it's like, where did this come from, first off? Like, now we're doing... We oh, explain this. the lair. Explain that whole fucking thing. It's come really on. hard to explain. It's very hard to explain. You're going along, you're going along, you've got Godzilla, you've got all the other titans, as they've called them, waking up around the Earth, they're all going to fight each other. And then we go in a submarine because we have to go find Godzilla because we almost killed him with the oxygen thing. And I'm spoiling everything because I don't give a shit about this movie. And I'm never this negative in my mind about movies. But when I love the subject so much and I feel like the people who made it just didn't do, I don't know, didn't do it justice. You know, someone's going to love this movie. Someone out there, it's like their favorite movie. It was awesome. That's great. That's what it's, I that's actually what it's for them. Yeah, I, I feel that if you're... Like, there's a lot of Godzilla stuff in this movie. Stuff that if you're not, like, a Godzilla historian, almost, 
you will miss, right, completely. Yeah, but I, then, I see, went and read about all of that stuff. But sitting there and, and looking that doesn't for make all the, it any better. No, looking no. for all the Easter eggs is a distraction from the movie you're supposed to be watching. The story you're telling me is not a, it's not a delivery system for your um, sort of pretentious 21st century affectation or affection for this Godzilla thing that's been going on since way before you were ever born, right? It's not, that's not what this movie's for. No. It's not for fan people. It's for everyone, but... So we're going down in the submarine to go revive Godzilla because we, kill, we almost killed him. And what happens? Oh, my God. They get swirled around, almost like they're lost in space, but under the ground. They're in a vortex that sends them into a... This guy has a... says one sentence early in the movie about hollow earth. Yeah, it's really right. Weird. One sentence, and that everyone thinks he's crazy. And then we, oh, I told you all it was real. We went in the vortex, and it sent us in the hollow earth. And we're 600 miles away from where we were down in the tunnels under the ocean. How does he finish the sentence, though? That sentence you just said, what does he finish it with? I don't remember. It actually makes, it explains this movie completely. <laughs> he says all that, what you just said. And then he says, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it <I> do. <laughs> So they get in there. Not not only are we talking about hollow earth where there's tunnels and shit that are filled up now with the ocean. All of a sudden, their lights from their submersible machine appear right in front of their faces appear statues. Yes. And then hieroglyphs. And then Perfect. an entire well. city. It's not Atlantis or anything, although they could have tried to pull that off. But we're, what we're seeing is there used to be an entire civilization living in an air pocket in a hollow earth Unless, under yeah, the ocean. Exactly. And it's all here. Like, it's massive. It's a massive place. They see hieroglyphs where Godzilla's fighting. Um, oh. What's her name? The three-headed one? Yeah, King... I can't say the name. Yeah, that one. Anyway, and what they're did like, I- oh, so it's been going on. And then some guy goes, this looks like Egypt. And the other guy, after looking at it for half a second, goes, nope, it's much older. Yeah. What the all- fuck are you talking about? Also, what I said to you was, in the whole history of the world here, we have never found this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we send one guy down in a submarine and he instantly finds it. Yeah. Like, like instantly, like they, they're like, oh, look at all these. We've never seen this in the history yeah, of the, the world. The technology we have to track <laughs> these beasts and keep them all in check in their little holes in the earth and to monitor their hearts and the um, bio sounds that they make from every part of their body and be able to track them this way. We have all of that. So there's a lot of crappy science and there's a lot of crappy... I feel like um, I'm getting very passionate about this and I'm no, I don't normally when I dislike something, but, but I felt offended almost. There's also a lot of crappy exposition coming out of characters, which I was like, oh. And there's a lot of scenes where it just takes place on that gloomy air, airship that they're on. Yeah. And they're just talking. It's like it's almost like an episode of Star Trek where Hey, hey, hey. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying it's it's like we're in this static set where they're just all in there. You know, it's like a TV show. It's just like this guy's saying something, this guy's saying something. True. It's just like oh, oh, oh. and there's five minutes of them pretty much explaining to you what the next five minutes will be. And then it cuts to Godzilla doing something. And the bits with Godzilla doing something are not big enough apart from I did like the last 20 minutes where... Also, you can barely see him. But in the last 20 minutes, it got the it got brighter. It, um, a little bit. There was a good battle between 
you know, all of the monsters. I really enjoyed that part once the humans had got out of the bloody way, because the humans, if you noticed in the last 20 minutes or so, the humans were kind of relegated. The humans are dead. Yeah, well, I mean, they weren't dead, dead. but they (laughs) were not in the plot as much. We were just looking at the monsters fight, and it was a cool spectacle. I liked that part. That's what I did like about it. But any of the characters, including characters from the first movie, who at this point, if it was written, you know, caringly, you would have cared about them. And, you know, some of these characters go out, i.e. get killed, (laughs) and you don't care. And it's a character who you're supposed to care about. It's supposed to be a character like Han Solo in Star Wars, where (laughs) when it gets down to it and Han Solo... Spoilers gets killed. I hate to break it to you. Not everyone cares about him as much as you, but I did. But you so get what I I'm saying. It's yeah. A character that's been through this through is in the trilogy. Is in is in this movies, and at this point, you know, he's going to die, and you're just like, okay, can we get on to watching a monster fight another one? So there's no. Yeah, here let me list for you what makes me. There is an intangible group of things that can make me like. Or be totally in love with the movie. And I can't explain them. They're intangible. It's a combination. It's a mystery. It's like magic, right? So I don't know what those are. But then there are things that are very, 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 very clear to me. That if it's failing, I cannot... I have a hard time pulling it back. Like, And this story, minus the idea of the Titans, which I love. Absolutely love, love, love the idea of these gigantic creatures. And we've, we've watched the old... Godzilla movies. Yeah, we've watched the old ones like from the 50s yeah, and 60s. and we enjoyed um, them. So I love all that. But this story, first of all, of this family that I couldn't give a shit about and all the drama. Unfortunately, they had a son that was lost when the first Godzilla came around. That's very awful. That's very sad. But that's the entire emotional hook of the movie. That the mother is distraught and so she makes all these decisions. The father has gone off. The daughter has had to suffer. That's like the core of the movie, which isn't enough for a movie that's about creatures that are going to decimate the entire, not just human population, but all most life on the planet, right? So their little story has to be something so, like, gripping, and it was not That little all. story has to be no story at all, in my opinion. Well, there has to be a reason that you're connected to the people, why they're doing the thing, why they're involved, why they're the person who invented the thing, or that they found the monster, whatever. You have to... You have to connect something. They can't just be random characters roaming around that you have no idea why they're even there. So I don't mind giving us a core and then giving us the two-dimensional people around that group of people. That's just how it works. You know, you get the the core people that you get the big, Scientists. deep emotional. Yeah, and then yeah. you get the people around them with all of their little attributes and whatnot. I don't mind that if it's done well. It was not. Number two is, so that's characters. If I don't care about your characters, it's very difficult extremely difficult unless I'm so in love with the special effects and the look and the vibe. And I wasn't number two is performances. Now I love what's her face. (laughs) Vera Flaminga. Yes. I love her. I've loved her since the first time we saw her. I think it was, um, the American. Yeah. She was in that. Yeah. Was it the American or no, it wasn't the American. It was, um, where he got on the plane all the time flying around that one. She was in that, and I just loved her. I love, I love, I have loved almost everything she's ever done. I think she's oh, up in the sky, up in the sky, yes, up in the air. And this, I was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" I mean, she's putting her 
emotions into it, but it's very similar to the other movie we saw where I was like, hmm, she's just doing a thing in this movie too. What was it? Where she was on the train? That was, uh, yeah, the train one with... The Liam Neeson. Yeah. The commuter. With Liam Neeson. Was pretty much a lot of the same level of emotion. She was, you know, she had a mission and a reason and all that. And everyone else, including Eleven, including the guy from Game Night. Wasn't he in Game Night? He was the brother in Game Night, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was so, I was like, what is going on? I do not, and I'm not particularly snotty about acting because like i said i love really bad movies and i love really bad zombie movies and really bad tv shows a lot of the time you know i'll sit and watch old like um charlie's angels episodes and they're not great (laughs) but i still love them but this was like i don't even understand and number three of a solid thing that really gets to me is editing and when a movie in one scene where they're discussing what you talk about this constant exposition yeah there's three people in this one scene, and it lasted about 12 minutes altogether. And it's in that dark, gloomy room. Yes, and it was like, <laughs> cut, 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 cut. Oh, spin cut, as well. Cut, spin, cut, spin, cut, spin. Cut. This wasn't spinning. This was cut to him, cut to him, cut to her, cut to her, cut to him, cut to him. And it was really fast and like... And then there were shots where it would like... The camera would pan out to a thing, like a cloud. And they're like, oh, something's coming. And then it would cut... And then it would be, like, back to a person completely out of that area completely. The editing um, was, like, I'll so give you what, dis- I'll give you one dis- example of that. Confusing. I'll give you an example of it. And it really hit. I really was like, oh, wow. So Kyle Chandler, who plays Mark in this movie, The Dad. He's, okay. He stood outside on the aircraft carrier. And he's looking up into the air. And Mothra is about to reveal itself. And there's the gold like, light. There's the gold light coming through the clouds, and he's looking up, and he's getting wet from all the spray in the sea. He's looking up, and then <laughs> then it cuts really weirdly, and he stood inside. <gasps> yes. And he's looking at it on a screen. Yes. And they're all looking at it on a screen, and they say something, and he's got dry hair. You know what like, I felt hey. like? I felt <laughs> like this. Okay, I used to work for a lady who I love very much, and sadly she died a couple of years ago, but she owned a little tiny grocery store in the town where I'm from, and I worked at a grocery store in my early 20s, and she rented out videotapes, right? <laughs> oh, you! I know what you're going to say. And yeah. she was very frugal. She did not like replacing those tapes. And so if somebody messed up one, like crinkled a part of it, or it would go fuzzy or something, and somebody complained, she had a machine in her office at her desk where we were supposed to... <laughs> Cut out the bad part and splice it together and then just leave it. And that's it. When you rented that movie, you might be missing five so, minutes. So let's say if you if you rented <laughs> Basic Instinct, the crossing the leg scene might have gone. Yeah. And then for 20 years, you're like, right. what's everybody so, what's, what's the big deal? <laughs> and that's what it felt like. And these are things that are, again, if you do weird editing combined with awesome story and awesome performances and a great vibe, then the editing doesn't smack you in the face. If you have great performances, but weird, not a great story, but a great music or whatever else, then everything else doesn't smack you in the face with it. This was like an, we stopped to go to the bathroom at that one point. It was 45 minutes left. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, I just, ugh. I was ready to give up, and I, was, that does not me at all. I'm a movie, I'll stick my heels in. 
I really just wanted to see what was going to happen with all the monsters. And, I and luckily, for the last 20 minutes, that's what you get. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I felt more, except for that they kept covering them up with weird smog and shit, and I felt like they could have looked so awesome. Yeah, you know the scene when um, Millie Bobby Brown stood on top of the roof of the stadium? <laughs> And she's like, it, it's, not, it's, it's all right, it looks good, and the, the flags are blowing, and then you see the flags blow the other way, and then you see the monsters starting, you know, mm-hmm. the, the idea that the monsters are coming. And I'm like, oh no, the monsters are bringing the, the bad weather with them, so now we're not going to be able to see them, because it was fine until they started to come. Yep. It looked good, that stadium, it was all lit, and it looked nice. And it was all covered And then up. they all came, and it was dark again, <laughs> I was like, oh, they bring the dark with them, so we can't see them. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't want to be, you know, I hate listening to people be like, ew, like super nerdy and like knock things without having a solution. There's a ton of bad editing, though. All I can say is the people who love this, that's awesome. This uh, movie can also, it can also be put into, um, (laughs) as I was watching, I was like, there's a, you know, different tropes for movies. And for disaster movies, this one has the trope scene <laughs> where Kyle Chandler, the dad, is photographing wildlife in a field <laughs> uh, because that's his job. He photographs. And he's, you know, just doing minding his own business. And then uh, 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 space, like almost like a spaceship style, like what the Avengers fly around in, comes out of the sky and lands... It's like a vertical uh, helicopter. Yeah, it lands exactly where he is and, so, and they, you know, then they have to say, come with us. And I was like, oh, how many times have we seen that? that well, we scene. just saw it in The Meg. We did. Helicopter landed, find him in a bar, yep. all bummed up. We yep. saw it in Arrival, I can remember. Like, she's in a house, and then the thing lands and then takes her off. And didn't someone have to go get John McClane at some point? I don't remember. I, I mean, it's a thing, isn't it? And in this <laughs> yeah. movie, it was like, oh, we now we know he's a photographer, but why does that even matter? Like, and again, the- we're not snobs because I'm fine with tropes. It depends on the trope and how you use it. So that's fine. It's part of the story. I mean, it in- frames the story for us or whatever. It helps us understand what's going on and we are familiar with it. And Armageddon's literally full of them going getting people <laughs> yes. and bringing them back. <laughs> that's like the main thing. It's like the movie. first hour and a half of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that movie. You know, it's like, it's weird. But anyway, this movie's full. Like you say, there is a load of bad cuts. There's really bad. There's a load of... um. But as far as when it does get down to monsters fighting towards the end, I did enjoy that. The last 20 minutes for me, I, I was like, oh, I really quite like this. But then when the credits roll and they're trying to set up another sequel, I was almost like, really? Like, because there is a new, there's another one I of these. I would have liked the fighting better if I could see it all. And it had, there were times when literally two thirds of the screen are covered with dust. Not, yeah. not in our house. From like... This monster's crushing that monster's head into the street and knocking down a building. I get it. In real life, there would be lots of rubble and dust. This isn't real life. It's fiction. There is no giant monster. Therefore, we can take the leap and say, we're going to not put all the dust in because we want to see the monsters. Uh, And why do we like uh, watching Transformers or Bumblebee? Because those robots... It's it's the middle of the day. They're running about. Oh, yeah. It looks like there's real robots running about. Yeah, and those movies are not great, but I love watching them because I know I'm going to see spectacle. lots of... Yeah, the do 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 whenever they do their yeah. little change thing up close. I love that. 
Uh, yeah, and there's never a question of, like, what am I looking at? It doesn't make it a great cinematic achievement. I'm not saying that. Transformers is not a great storytelling vehicle no. either. It's just that contained in itself, there's enough of that magic that yes. overrides my logic <laughs> that I'm into. And light. Lots of light. But the funny thing is, like, I'm a, I would... Those old Godzilla movies I said to you, if you watch them now, they're super dated, obviously. There's a man in a rubber suit running around. That's what Godzilla is. But And rest in peace, because he just passed. Not yeah, he's actually... They put, he's in the credits for this movie, an actual mm-hmm. photograph of him. Um, but those movies, I feel a threat of something coming, and then when it comes, it might not be the ideal payoff, because you know, you know it's a guy in a suit. But they did some cool things with miniatures and like smashing the cities up and... For for what it was, I was always entertained by that. Where this, you were like, well, I, actually, I'll I'll I went and looked for a review of this movie in the middle of the movie. I said to you while we we're going for a oh, peek. that's a really bad sign because you are never no. distracted. No, from this movies. was this was a technical thing. I I I was like, do people complain about this movie being dark, or are we just like complaining? No, so you're I, thinking I was. So I typed in like Godzilla. King of the Monsters Dark. And the first review I got was I this guy who was reviewing it, I can't remember where now, but he was saying for years and years he spoke to different like CGI people and they've told him sometimes we use dark scenes to kind of mask the CGI so you it might not be great, but it'll look better if it's in the dark. And he said, but it's 2019, can't we do it properly now? Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, because the... The 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 actual look would would have been fantastic. Well, I think the the design of the creatures is amazing. The three headed one is fantastic. There's a part where one of the heads comes off and grows back. I like the electric. You know, they do some of the stuff. Mecha gods, not the Mecha Godzilla, but the electric Godzilla from one of the movies. The the one that's on fire while it's flying. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of. There's like seventeen monsters in this movie, but we only get to see. You know what? Here's a thing. The most interesting <laughs> monsters Here's we get to see. Thing. Um, there's 17 monsters on the Earth. They're massive, like Godzilla. They're all wandering around. They're all causing chaos. And we get to see the most interesting ones that look awesome just on this little monitor in the corner of the screen. <laughs> yeah. It's a monitor on the desk, and it's a news broadcast to let us know, trope, that the rest of the world is involved in this. And I looked at that monitor, I was like, look at that, it's a giant spider. And look at, what the hell is that? It looks like a camel, like a massive camel. No, it was like a mammoth with big mammoth yeah. tusks, but it <laughs> was, was walking almost like a giant um, gorilla. They were all awesome. It looked amazing. And I was like, why are those not in this movie? More, until the end. Until the end. Well, they're in it for 15 seconds at the end, when they're all looking at Godzilla. So... Yeah, there's that too, which I was like, oh, is that being saved for the next movie? All those cool ones? Because, oh, that'll be great because we'll be able to see, we'll be able to not see those ones in the next movie because it'll be too dark. Right. Anyway, uh, let's stop going on about how too dark it was, but we'll go on about the The cast. darkness isn't even the biggest issue. No, so. it's not. It's the editing and the script. And the people and the story. Yeah, but there is some... <laughs> I, I like I say, there's there's at least eight to ten percent of fun to be had in the eight whole to thing. ten. That's yeah. awful high for me. There is. It's like the last twenty minutes. I was actually like on board with it then. 
But I can't let my mind wander and be like, if these kinds of creatures did exist on the planet, and just like the overwhelming, like, oh, all the possibilities of what kind of, what what the world would be like, if that lasted for me about a minute and a half, that would have been my 8 to 10%. So, um, Not I- that I want humankind to be destroyed by big monsters, but it took me to a place where I could imagine it thinking I was putting together a better story in my mind. So Kyle Chandler plays Mark Russell. He's the dad. He does a lot of, like, looking and a lot of... Sadness. Looking at the, looking at the green screen, I guess. <laughs> like, looking up. Looking up and stuff and yeah. reacting. There's a lot of that. And from... he's fine. He's good. He's good at stuff, so... Yeah, he's good, but not particularly in this. Vera Firminga, who I really like in the Conjuring franchise. She's really good in that. She is. She, you know, I really buy her as that lady. Um, again, here, she's relegated to, well, we've said all the spoilers. She's a bad guy, right? hmm I mean, and she is just really like one note. It's not really much to her. She's trying to be a mother. She's trying to be a bad guy. That's it, right? Two note, I guess. Yeah. And... The way it was told and done wasn't dynamic enough for me to even go, oh. But she's a good actress, so what the hell? It's just the script that was... And the way, I think that if you have a weak person in charge, as far as like a weak person who doesn't stand up to, say, someone like Vera Firminga and say, can we do that a little bit different? I feel like the director in this was a little bit starstruck. And so while she was doing the thing well enough, it still didn't. Yeah. I didn't care about her and then when everything twisted around, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm completely indifferent." And uh Millie Bobby Brown, who you'll know from Stranger Things, and it was a problem for me, I told you, but it's my problem. <laughs> yeah. My problem is we just watched Stranger Things like on July the 4th actually. So I have a whole lot of 11 in my, you know, I I see her as 11 and there's a whole lot of that going on. And I kept seeing it here too, like because she's not acting much different from Eleven, right? No, unfortunately. And it's kind. But she's new to the game, so we will right. give her. It's the first movie she's yeah. been in. I won't fault her for what she had to work with. I'll be honest. I, mean, I won't either. But yeah. it's a very, it's such a similar thing. Like she's in peril. You know, she hasn't got superpowers in this one, but there was a couple of moments where I was thinking. You can just lift your hand up and everything will go. Everything will be <laughs> and your nose will bleed, but it'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, but she, yeah, I'm giving her. She was okay, but she be- was not. I mean, close to being one of the bad things in this movie. No, just now, neutral, Bra- neutral. Now Bradley neutral. Whitford, who plays Doctor Rick Stanton, whoever wrote his character, it's not Bradley Whitford's fault. But his his character is. This movie's got quite a serious, dark tone to it, as we've said. And his character, it's not the usual Hollywood, like we watched uh, Pacific Rim, and that guy that Charlie Day plays is literally a guy who does one-liners the entire movie. It's really And, and he's just a noisier, like... Well, Bradley I like Pacific Whitford's, Rim, I didn't like that guy. Bradley Whitford's like a version of that, but he's not quite... It's not like everything he says is funny. But he says stuff that's like, you're like, for instance, this is in the trailer. A guy says, you know, Godzilla's appearing. And the um, Ken Watnaby guy says, God. And this guy, Bradley Whitford, goes, Zilla. 
Like, yeah. Like the guy saying God, like as in, oh shit, like something's coming, and he's making a joke. Like it's yeah. right in front of them. It could trash them any second. <laughs> it's just a lot of that with that character, Bradley Whitford's character, and he's doing it all the time. He's expositioning and saying stupid shit. So he was really annoying to me. He was almost like um, Jeff Goldblum's dad in Independence Day. I hate that character. Oh, I don't mind. It's but just then, irritating. I love him because of Taxi. So right, you I do like give him, him a but, pass. <laughs> but do you get what I mean? Like, with his yeah. irritating, like, talking. Yeah, like the world's about to end and you are cracking it's jokes. being silly, yeah. Being silly, basically. We have, to, we have to establish here before this part of the discussion that many people have pointed out to me in my life that I don't have a sense of humor. So the jokey part of the world ending doesn't always play well with me, but that's why. I and don't have a, this I don't movie, have a funny bone. <laughs> and, and not to be, this movie doesn't go for that at all, hardly. But this one character does. Yeah. It's weird. Again, someone in a room or on a conference call or whatever the hell they do these days decided we need some for the formula. Yeah, we oh we gotta have this beat and we need this joke and we need this one line and it feels like that and it's fails. Uh Ken Watnaby plays a Shiro. He's um, very serious. He, he was in the first, yeah, very, very serious. I like him though. He's um, one of the better things in the movie. He just isn't given a good part. You know, a good anything really he's he's just the guy who like yeah unplug keeps... him from this and plug him into something else yeah in this movie he's, he's the guy who like he says something very serious and the room kind of goes oh he's being serious like oh shit we're in mm-hmm. trouble um and then he, alongside him is dr ling played by Ji zhang who they actually played together in memoirs of a geisha do you remember that movie ken and yeah. her they she was the geisha and he was the guy remember they, they oh yeah that was an awesome movie, by the way. You should watch that one. Um, so, and finally, there is another bad guy. Like Vera Flamingo, we said, is the bad guy. But there's also another bad guy. Charles Dance. Lannister. Yeah. Daddy Lannister. And another thing, it kept bugging me, was the performance <laughs> he was doing was literally the one he does. In, it is. It was the same, wasn't it? It was the same. If he... There was a there was a scene where he had like a, a parker on, like because it was cold and it was black. And when you saw him like a shoulder shot, it looked kind of like medieval garb that was on him. And I was like, oh, he, it's Lannister. It's literally Lannister walked into this scene because he wasn't really doing anything different to that. So this might explain something to you at least. This was directed by Michael Doherty, and he directed Trick or Treat. Okay. Which you didn't like, did you? No. And he also directed a horror movie called Krampus, which was like, we didn't see it, but it was about Father Christmas if it was ba- if it was a horror movie. Mm. Comes down your chimney and murders you all. Well, there's actually a Krampus that was on, like, American Dad. So right. So I think that's one of those weird side stories. Yeah, well, Krampus is a the actual, um, it's like a Norwegian folktale yeah. or something, yeah. Anyway, this trick we've seen Trick or Treat. A lot of people absolutely they live to watch that movie, but we we weren't fans really. Um, this guy, when we hear him talk on the extras, it seemed like he's just a real fan of Godzilla. It's quite clear that he is of the old Godzilla films and everything Godzilla is. And I just read an interview with him where he said it was like a dream come true to be picked to make a Godzilla movie, so he could he wanted to like make sure like. He had all the different things that all the Godzilla fans could pick up on. And they are in there, but you have to be a fan to notice them. You noticed one. Mm-hmm. 
I um, did. A good one, actually, because um, that movie is weird. It is, because that's why I stood out when we watched... Um, Mothra. Mothra. Godzilla the, versus Mothra. Yeah, from a long time ago. Yeah. 60s, I think it was. Yeah. Now, that movie is bizarre. There was this little miniature set of twins. Fairies. Yeah. I don't know if they were fairies. I think they were For sure. fairies. I'm not sure. It was never really explained, I don't think. I don't know. But they were part of whatever it is that keeps the Mothra creatures here to help protect humanity. Which, unless you saw that movie and read all the subtitles <laughs> and remembered it, you wouldn't know. Because they don't address it at all in this movie that Mothra is actually here to protect us and understands what is happening and how to save us from these other creatures. Essentially, there's, Mothra is a good guy. Yeah, there's no, absolutely no explanation for that. So the super nerdy people who are making this movie, who want to pretend to be super nerds about Godzilla, they know it. So it kind of folds into what they think everyone knows. Anyway, and we're watching it. So at one point, we're watching one lady scientist at one location. And she's talking, talking, talking. And then we shoot over to a completely different location on the planet where the Mothra is about to open up her wings for the first time. And it was the same lady, but as a different character, standing there. And I was like, oh. And before that, this lady had showed us a picture of her grandmother. And the grandmother had like a twin sister. And said that my grandmother was part of our original program or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's the twins. Yeah. So there's a there's links like that. <laughs> and there's way more than that. There's, there's Yeah, but if you have to be thinking of that. Yeah, I that's mean not if you're fun. A, if yeah. you're a general audience member, you wouldn't even know. Yeah, folding that into the story would have been way more interesting to yeah. make them actually part of that story. It would have been so good. But nothing ever they never no. do anything like that. So um Moving on to, yeah, as in directing as well, as we said, also editing. It's edited really weirdly. He also said, I was just reading with this, in, with this um, director, that there's a three-hour version of this movie that they had to cut because audiences didn't like it. <laughs> no so comment. He said, and he, he seems to think that that one's better than this one, but he loves this one as well, so I don't know. Um, extras on here, there are a lot, actually. There is um, Welcome to the Monsterverse, Godzilla 2.0, Mothra, Queen of the Monsters, Deleted Scenes, which are a bunch of those ones that would have gone back in here, and uh, Commentary with the Director and some of the actors. So there is a lot on there to look at if you um, are interested in how this movie was made. Um, I want to say that... Eh, are you looking forward to the next one? Do you no. think maybe they'll turn it around and it'll be no. better? No? No. I'm not an optimist, so you know better than to ask me that. I'm going to say it's either going to be neutral or equal. Yeah, I'm hoping. I don't think there's any digging out of this hole. Hmm. See, and I would totally go and watch Kong Skull Island again. I like that one that much, so it's weird. It's a weird trilogy. I would um, like to skip them all. There's, the next year's film, 2020, is... Godzilla versus King Kong. Mm -hmm. So they were... Yeah, you know. don't get my King Kong all mixed up in your shit again. Yeah. I like my King Kong from so, 1976. And, you know, this movie, it literally end Like, it shows you some stuff at the end that is... Oh, look, this next one is Godzilla versus King Kong. So uh, thank you to Warner Brothers for sending us a copy for <laughs> yeah. review. We You're can't... Gonna, um, please keep sending us movies. We can't help it if we don't like them. Well, yeah. You, you, you like some, you don't like yeah. the others. I mean... And if we're the only people to have any negative things to say about this movie, I would be surprised. 
I mean, there's going like you say, there'll be people who love it because it's just, you know, loads of crash bang wallop monsters fight with not much crash bang wallop. Nice. Yeah, not much plot, uh-huh. really. Or plot that sprung on you in like a split second, and you go, "Oh, wait, that's what yeah. we're doing." Oh, Under- oh, it's over. Complete underground parts of the earth that never been discovered, and then, of course, one of the creatures. Let's not forget this part. See, we forgot it because they just threw it out there like a one-liner. It's actually an alien. Oh, yeah. There's that it's too. from another fucking planet. Which is like a, a, had- an amazing revelation that uh, like gets 30 seconds of screen time, maybe? Yeah, or? and the only thing that they came up with it was they saw some ancient hieroglyphics, and the woman says, oh, it's been told in ancient civilizations that it, this monster came from the stars. Maybe so this- it doesn't even belong here. Maybe like- this is actually a sequel to Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe or maybe a, it's a M. Night Shyamalan movie, and we're just really out of the loop on it. Oh, this is actually the sequel to The Sixth Sense? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you've, I think it is. It's the, the Sixth Sense sequel. We just didn't know it. So, um, yeah, thank you to Warner Brothers. And hopefully, I mean, you might love this movie. We don't. Yeah. So next week, we're looking at a movie called John Wick 3. I really enjoyed both of the John Wick movies. So, you like the John Wick yes. movies? I mean, again, it's, people could be like that. You're just a freaking idiot for liking John Wick because it's violent and dumb. That's fair. That is a fair statement. And the magic is there, and I don't know how to explain. And John it. Wick, no, it literally knows what it is and plays to that. I also like the transporter. Can't explain that one either. Well, really like that one. the transporter is very similar isn't it? <laughs> it is. to John Wick. Maybe, <laughs> maybe less killing. And Bourne. I love Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. Um, Bond. I'm about I'm about 85% at liking. 85% of them, like high quality, you know, not quality, but high on the scale of that type of movie. They're always fun, Bond movies. Not always. Not the, hey, oh, and that one was horrible. Even, even just when, I, I like all of the Bond movies. Some are worse than others, but... Come on. Live or let die. Yeah, but still, I can appreciate, like, oh... Or live and let die, I guess. Like, it's literally like an episode of The Dukes of Hazard. It's weird. It's awful. Yeah. And they make some but I'll still watch it. stuff. Oh, my God, it's awful. I'll still watch it, though. So, yeah, John Wick 3 next week. Um, IMDB reviews. So, what is this? This is when you go out and find... <laughs> well, I'm not sure. It's going to be hard to not find one-star reviews. Mm-mm. I'm just being biased. You're looking for one-star reviews on IMDb, and then you're going to read what the people have to say. Or are you looking for ten stars this time? Or five, or whatever. I'll just do one star again. Okay. Well, it's going to sound a lot like my bitching. So. All right. First one. My eyes are hurting after watching this movie. <laughs> That's all He says, This movie has terrible writing, with characters having ridiculous motivations to do certain things. Then, there's the continuous shower of blinding lights... Blur and dark action scenes and shaky cam. That was a pain to my eyes. See, you say that with a weird accent, but I'm I'm on board with this one. <laughs> this Isn't guy. it funny how our confirmation bias makes us less critical when somebody writes what we agree with? This guy says, I'm in cinema right now. I'm reading as it, as it is wrote. I'm okay. in cinema right now and about to leave as this film is so bad. A combination of all stereotypes and nonsense. It's ridiculous. I'm sad to see Eleven and Lannister Dad in such a failure. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I have to agree. I love Eleven and Lannister Dad. 
That's awesome. Um, okay, next one. When the CGI monsters display the best acting performance and not the human actors and actresses, you know you got problems. Uh, I've, I have a tip for you, this guy says. Press forward to the last 20 minutes, watch the monsters fight, and after that, turn off your laptop. <laughs> turn off your laptop. <laughs> so apparently he's watching it on his laptop. <laughs> that must be his movie-watching device of choice. Oh, I'm just now looking at the cover. The cover is so much better. The, the cover's kind of bright as well, isn't it? It's very bright. <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, I like the cover too. And it the cover does have that airplane that they're in like 90% of the movie also in the background there. You see that? It don't need those though. That's kind of weird. I think those should be... That's the only uh-huh. criticism I have, but I like the color and like look, the clearness look, of the characters. And look at the post. Look at the cover. There are no humans on the cover. Well, they're flying those airplanes. But, yeah, but yeah. there's no like Millie Bobby Brown picture. True. Which is how you sell your movie generally, isn't it? Um, this one's last one says, loud, pretentious, and self-consuming. This movie is so bad, I actually managed to destroy all the fond memories of the originals I had when I saw as a child. I walked out of the movie for my first time in 60-plus years of going to the theatre. Oh, bummer. I mean, a- I'm not disagreeing with you on this one. I, I'm, I'm on board with the one stars this week. That's not going to happen very often. But I don't like My favorite was Lannister uh, Dad was not a good one. Lannister Dad. And Eleven. <laughs> Eleven and yeah. Lannister Dad. All right, so uh, re- movie recommendations. At the end of our movie reviews, we always recommend you something to watch. And in this case, I'm recommending three, actually. I'm going to recommend you Kong Skull Island. It's my favorite in this series, for sure. I'm going to recommend you Godzilla from the 90s, the Matthew Broderick one. Because I think that's really fun. I've watched it again, over and over. And my third one is a movie from last year, from Warner Brothers, incidentally, that we really liked. And it is also a dumb, stupid action movie. But we re- there was something about it that was charming, and we liked it, and it's called The Meg. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, I have to admit, when I like a thing that other people are going to roll their eyes at, I, I do, I'm not deluded, I understand. I mean, The Meg's... You, you could, it's kind of like this. It's a giant shark attacking people. And it's dumb. And, and it's, it's really another still. thing where you say, after all these years, we didn't know there was a thing down at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> and, but something about it was more... I mean, it's, something. it's really dopey, but really... Also, it could like, be your well, mood, right? It could be in a different mood on a particular day. I don't know. I, I, don't I just know. enjoyed the Meg. And, I, yeah. you know, as as it's playing out in front of your eyes you're like this is just stupid but <laughs> but i'm hell? in what the I'm hell i want to see what happens yeah um are you done yeah, well it's the kind of i'm gonna say it's the kind of feeling you you want because you're not as big a fan as i am but i love the fast and the furious movies but as i'm watching them i'm like this is the dopiest stupid <laughs> thing i've ever seen but there's a car jumping from one skyscraper to another what the like i'm into it that's how it feels to me. I can't defend that one. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can defend and recommend is to watch the original Godzilla from 1954. Yes, you're going to have to read some subtitles, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah, Actually, um, there's a dub as well. There is, true. You could watch the dub version, but I like subtitles because I like to hear the original language um, personally. Um because it's the start of these movies, and if you watch it, 
It does set just like the original King Kong, not the original original, I guess, because it was like it was even lower um, on the like technical end of things. Oh, yes. It was 3D. It was um, stop frame animation and everything. But this sets the tone for what you're going for. Big monster. Humans try to destroy it. Now, back in the day, Godzilla was not a friend to anyone. It was just a big monster that we all needed to defeat. But all the tropes are there where the people are running down the street or it shows people with their hands up, looking up at the sky going, <gasps> you know, and then you're supposed to believe then that the, they're about to get squished and then the miniatures are cool and everything. So I recommend watching that. Yes, kids, it's in black and white. Suck it up. And then another one is because I like, I like stories of doom and gloom. I also True. like good fun things, but I particularly like... That's why I like zombie movies, because I feel like nobody really writes it where it, it wraps up and it gets resolved. It's just a never-ending humanity is doomed kind of a situation, and it's more about how you survive through that. Um, so one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes was 2005 called The End of the World, and it's five billion years in the future, I believe. Yeah, I remember that. When they, you know, Doctor Who takes her, and if you don't know who Doctor Who is... You that would be Rose, it wouldn't it? It yeah. was Rose. Yeah. Takes her to this like um, space station kind of a place where all these really rich different aliens from all over the universe get to pay a lot of money to witness the Earth at its final stages when the sun is expanding, which is what you know scientists predict. Who knows? We're not going to be here when that... We, You and I won't be here when that happens, but... Speak for yourself. It's that. It's that... It's supposed to be like a big spectacle. You know, people have already moved off the planet. They're already living in other places. But this is like a sport. People watch planets get gobbled up by their sun. And it's just sort of an interesting take on it. And it's really fun. You get to see potentially what happens to Captain Jack, maybe, possibly. Yeah. It's like a high um, concept, low budget affair. Always with Dr. Who. And then I've got a third one also. And I'm going to say King Kong 1976. Oh, go. yeah, you love that one, Jessica Lange. I Lund. do. Yeah. I do. It's it's one of those movies that I saw probably when I wasn't supposed to be up extra late, and it would have been on the late movie, which would have been like you would have had Saturday Night Live and then a movie, like that late at night, or after Tom um, Schneider on a weeknight, or on a Friday probably if I was staying up extra late and watched, yes, I watched Johnny Carson, John, Tom Schneider. And then they would have like a farm report after midnight and then there would be like a movie. And it was probably one of those. And I probably sat so close to our little, I would say, 19-inch console TV sitting on the floor. Because that's how they used to be, kids. Over in the corner, the TV sat. It was the size of your laptop screen would be now probably. Probably and smaller. you could barely hear it. But I would sit right in front of it so that it filled my whole frame of view or whatever. Um, and that's probably how I saw it. So I have an endearing sort of thing about it. All right. So, um, a Scully stuff. I've been playing a game called Control this week. It's by Remedy, the people who made Alan Wake and Max Payne, if you remember those games. Max Payne. And this is a game. It's really, it's quite interesting. I'm really into it. It's, um, there's this building in, in the U.S., and it's like um, the Agency of Control. So it's like an FBI government-run building that everything paranormal is dealt with in it via the government. 
and something's happened in the building which might or might not be to do with like different dimensions and oddities of space and time think x-files or you know that sort of stuff but it's happening in this building and you're going in there to first off try and find your brother who worked in there and second off try and figure out what the hell is bloody going on like it's weird inside there and things have slipped through from other places i don't want to spoil what is going on because the story unfolds as you're going through similar to max Payne. you find like, different documents lying around you read them start piecing together what's happening here but the gameplay primarily is like because you're in this building and there's these things called objects of power that you can go and touch when you touch them it gives you different powers like because this so she gets the power of telekinesis and she also gets this like special gun that is kind of alive it's not like a like a gun that we would think of it's like it reloads itself it can turn into different types of guns just by thinking about it. So she's got this crazy gun and she can do telekinesis and the enemies as you go through the different rooms in the building, which is layered. It's like you're climbing up to the top of a skyscraper, but each floor can be something completely different. Like because it's paranormal, one floor might look like an office building. The next floor might look like a forest. The next floor might look like a department store. So, they can play around with like all the different you know level design type things because everything's not as it seems there's a bit of twin peaks in there i've noticed there's a bit of x files i've never really seen a game like it paranormal shooter and the other game i've been playing because it's kind of game season about to start is a uh, blair witch you saw a bit of blair witch today mm-hmm. right are you Tiny a fan bit. are you a fan of the blair witch i liked blair witch when i first saw it I think now, for some reason, it would make me ick, sick, because I have a weird thing now about watching video that's all shaky. Maybe just because I'm a snob and I think it's really boring, but uh, I liked it at the time. Well, this is a game based on the Blair Witch, and it is, you know, you might think, why a game based on the Blair Witch now? Like, I mean, we did watch a Blair Witch why movie. Why make Godzilla now? <laughs> we watched a Blair Witch movie two years ago and reviewed it. I think it was oh, it might have been last year from Lionsgate. So they have been now who's got the weird memory? <laughs> they have been messing with the uh, Blair Witch franchise, but this game it plays out like there's a game called Firewatch. If you're a gamer and you remember a game called Firewatch, it's like a narrative. You basically in this Blair Witch game, you're a guy at the beginning, a cop, and all the other cops. I've gone into these woods to search for this child that's missing. And you're a little bit late to the thing and you're on the radio and they're already searching the woods and you're trying to catch up with them. And you've got your dog, you bring your guy, you know, your police dog with you and you're going through the woods and I've played a bit so far and I've found like the little boy's cap and then the, you can give the cap to the dog and the dog will get the scent from it and then take you in a direction and I'm going through the woods, and it's really spooky. <laughs> and you, and at times you've only got your flashlight, and it's really dark. And you know those things, what do you call those things from the Blair Witch? Those weird... Don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, little, weird. that's what I call my Blair Witch trellis. I got my beans growing up, but it's about eight feet high, but it looks like a Blair Witch token or something. Yeah, like twigs that are all put together in like a... 
And shape of like up. a person, kind yeah. of creepy. Sometimes those are, you know, you might see one of those and give them a tree and it starts to creep you out. But it's a, I don't know what it is actually yet because I haven't fought an enemy or I'm just going through these woods and it's kind of scary. I think it would be an amazing game to play late at night with headphones on in the dark because the sound design is really cool. You can hear the dog running off. Um, the interesting thing is uh, the Blair Witch game, this game, it's if you've got the Xbox Game Pass, which is that thing that costs $5 a month where you get 100 games to download as long as you keep subscribing. It's a brand new game, and it's actually part of that Game Pass. So if you do subscribe to that, you will already have this game and maybe not know about it. Just check your Xbox and you'll see. But anyway, it's called Blair Witch. And while it seems a little bit out of time, like, do people really care about the Blair Witch thing now? It seems cool as a horror game overall. Mm. Even if you discount, just knock the Blair Witch part out of it, it is a creepy horror game, like Resident Evil type thing. So... That's what I've been playing this week. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? We're telling you this because we're vegetarian. And in this world, for some reason, people have a problem with that. I don't know why. So it's fun to tell people. Like, first of all, I am very round and well endowed. I am overweight. I'm not starving to death after 10 years of being vegetarian. We're not animal rights activists. We're not out there pounding the pavement telling you not to eat meat. I couldn't give a shit if you eat your own leg. This is how I feel. I don't care what you eat. I don't know why people care what we eat. And it is a sore subject because it's like every week you either get a comment or we see things in media like about especially like with the impossible burger coming around and people are like knocking it and trying to pick it apart and find out and like, Oh sure. Put all the beef people out of business. And you're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> or, you know, saying they are hippy dippy or you're, Oh, do you think animals should have rights too in the constitution? It's like, how did you make the fucking leap from me not wanting to eat a dead cow? Because my own choices, like it does, that's all it is. To me thinking the cow should be listed in the Constitution with rights. Like, how are you? I can't even imagine the level of idiocracy in the world, but that's one good example of it. So I'll tell you what we eat because we eat very well. I am learning to grow some of our own food. Not a lot. But this year I've done quite good. I've kept us in a full supply of tomatoes all summer. Yeah, we have fresh tomatoes all the time. Yes, so we will be having tomatoes. And uh, I've been growing some of these yard long, they're called long beans or yard long beans or Asian beans. You can look them up. They're just like a big long green bean. And we had some the other night. They were really good. And you even liked it because they're not squeaky and they're not um, stringy. I'm not a fan of green beans generally. Right. But these, I just cooked them. They're sitting in there waiting for us. So I took a big handful of them off today off the, off of my Blair Witch trellis. I had to climb up on the thing because I made it too tall. To be honest, I can't actually reach to pick the beans, so I had to kind of pull down the thing a little bit. But so we're having beans that I grew and some tomatoes. I already ate some homemade salsa earlier, but we will be having plant-based. Be ready to be offended, everyone, because it's plant-based deli meat, deli slices, we'll say, um, on sandwiches. And the beans, and then some chips that I bought. I don't know what else. Some other vegetables. Some corn, maybe. Delicious. It really is, and we are quite, we're fine, everyone. We're not starving, lacking any nutrients. We don't have any health problems. We're not vegan, because vegan is way more difficult, and it's more of a actual 
thing about, you know, about animals and ours is not. It's just been a thing. We started 10 years ago and never really cared about turning back. We watch a lot of cooking shows and even when they're cooking things like steak, you'll be like, ugh. Yeah. That looks awful. And you've loved steak. So the only thing you would really want is to try an impossible burger. So one day when our Burger King opens up, we live in a town that got hit by a tornado this spring and their Burger King got hit by the tornado. So it's temporarily closed. Yeah, just as the I've been following the Impossible Burger <laughs> for like years since you heard about it. Yes, and just as it goes w- nationwide and anybody can have one. Damn we that don't tornado! Have a Damn that tornado! Yeah, we we go. Oh, I say to you, the Impossible Burger is available in all Burger Kings, and you go, Oh, great, we'll go and get it. And then we look, and <laughs> we haven't got one. <laughs> Which is weird. Not that our suffering is equal to the amount of suffering caused by the tornado, but yeah. All right. So um, what is your advice before we leave? Oh, you've already said it. Kind of. It's just um, a little more blunt. You know, if, okay, if the idea of someone not eating meat, i.e. dead animals or dead fish, because that's what it is, if that bothers you. Maybe you need some more information about why. It could be a health reason. It could be that they have a different ethical thing in their own mind and their own view of the world and how it works. And if you understand that, maybe you can then be like, okay, cool. That's you, not me. We're good. Or maybe you can just fuck off. Because, <laughs> like, why do you want to tell me what to eat? Yeah. I do not understand. I'm not eating human flesh. I'm not eating, like, I'm not... I don't even understand how anyone could care what you're eating. It's a, it's the weirdest thing to hold over someone or to tease them about. I mean, it's like making fun of what kind of socks I'm wearing. I'm sure somebody would. But it makes no sense. So get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you can catch this podcast uh, at ascoli.com. You can listen to the beginning of the show. Just rewind back if you need to. I'll tell you everywhere you can get this podcast. You can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I've been posting some photos on Instagram if you're into Lego. You have, impressively. If you're into Lego and the Speed Champion series specifically, it's very niche, I know. I've been posting a picture every day of one of those cars. If you like plants and gardening, you can look at mine. Also very niche. Well, probably not as niche as Lego. It's really not. If I put garden, hashtag (laughs) garden, it'd be like... 7,552,000,000 other people have used that same tag. So, yeah, it's not niche, but um, I only get about three hits or three likes per picture. So it's not like, you know, I don't care. I just think it's fun to get really nice pictures. And then I go back on my own feed and see, like, the progression of the things I'm growing. I kind of, like, use it for that. Nice. You can email feedback to me at ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And finally, stay classy, Godzilla. Godzilla is still classy in this movie. The actual Godzilla. Go go Godzilla. You know that? You know the scene of him at, with the with them all bowing down. Yes, I like that scene. I did like that. That, that was my big yeah. yes move, moment of the movie. We did, see, Sid Talk did like something about that. This movie. I said my eight percent was kind of wrapped <laughs> up in some very small things. Um, I'm gonna say think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. 